So welcome back again to Sacred Space, uh, Come and See Inspirations uh, production in West Limit 102 here. Uh, my name is John Keeley, still joined on the other end of the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And delighted for me to welcome back again, I think it's five or six years, six years I think, since we had our guests on to join us. Welcome again onto the programme, Ed and Fiona Collins from Belfast. Belfast. Good morning to you, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, John. John. It's great to hear your voice. Thanks. Nice to hear your yeah. voice, guys. And a great, great honour for us to be back on the programme again. Well, thank you very much indeed now for the Ed, and thank you indeed for joining us because it's a, it's a very it's a very important time, special time for us this time of year. I know it's very close to Shane's house, uh, my colleague here, but also I know to yourselves, um, we want to speak, well, we're speaking, of course, about this time of the year when we celebrate the Feast of the Sacred Heart, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I've asked these two colleagues of mine to come on and share what they can and what they'd like to help us to understand what the Sacred Heart is all about. I think maybe the place to start might be maybe the story of St. Margaret Mary Aliqui, who had a very important part to play. Would that be right? That's right. Indeed it is, John. Margaret Mary is also known as the beloved disciple of the Sacred Heart because, in fact, it was Margaret Mary that the Sacred Heart appeared to in in the 1670s. Uh, She was born herself in 1647 in a little village uh, called Verovra in the region of Burgundy in France, which is about halfway down the country towards the east. It's about 20 miles from Paris-Limonial. Uh, She was the fifth of seven children and she had quite a hard life, John, because at the age of seven, very young age, her father died. After that, then shortly after that, uh, she became ill herself and she remained in bed through illness for four years. And during this time, she prayed to Our Lady and asked for Our Lady's intercession to help her. And she promised Our Lady that she would dedicate herself to the Lord and that she would become a nun if she recovered. And that's, in fact, what happened. So in 1671, she kept her promise. She went to Paris-Limonial and she entered the Visitation Convent there. And it was shortly after that, in fact, it was about two years after that, that um, she received her first revelation from the Sacred Heart. Now, I just want to explain a little bit about that because during her time in the convent and even before she went into the convent, when she was a very young child at the age of four, she had many encounters with the Lord. And when she entered the convent, she had she heard a voice interiorly saying to her, this is where I want you. So she knew she was in the right place. And when she was in this convent, as I said, she had many encounters with the Lord, but there were three main encounters that she had that people uh, today are aware of, and those are called revelations. The first one happened on the Feast of St. John on the 27th of December. And Ed, maybe tell you a little bit about that revelation. um... I, th- I think one of the, the most touching moments during this first revelation was when St. Margaret Mary begged Jesus to take her heart and give her a heart just like his. And Jesus then reached out his hand and he took Margaret Mary's heart and he put it onto his own. And she said, looking at her own heart, it was like a tiny speck 
in the burning furnace of Jesus's heart. And it was really a furnace of love. And Jesus then gave her back her own heart and she immediately felt such an intense love for God and for all humanity. In fact, her heart was actually on fire with love. It was a really a, a very, very intense moment for her during that first revelation. And then, John, after that, the second main revelation was a year later, and it happened on a first Friday. And Margaret Mary was in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. And this time, the Sacred Heart appeared to her surrounded by thorns and the five wounds of the crucifixion dazzling like the sun, which was a reminder, really, of the suffering that Jesus went through from this for us. And he asked her for two things. He asked her to receive Holy Communion on the first Friday of the month. And he also asked her to spend an hour in prayer the night before. And in fact, that's where we have in recent, that's where we have nowadays the two devotions, the first Fridays and the Holy Hour. That's a lot of people I'm sure listening would be familiar with those two devotions, the Holy Hour and the first Friday. And then the third revelation happened in 1675. And again, Margaret Mary was in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And the Sacred Heart at this stage asked her that a feast day would be created in his honour. So after all of these revelations, Margaret Mary was overcome with anguish and uncertainty. And in fact, her own community questioned her visions. Mm -hmm. But the Lord promised her that he would send her what he termed as his faithful servant, and perfect friend and that's in fact what he did he sent to her aid a man called Claude de la Colombière who is now a saint Saint Claude he was a Jesuit priest and when he heard of the uh, revelations and when she recounted everything to him he was immediately convinced that these revelations were authentic so he in fact helped her uh, to spread devotion uh, to the Sacred Heart as we know it, he and the Jesuit community. Yeah, um, John, I just wanted to say that really, um, simply, that the story of the Sacred Heart is a story of love. And, you know, there might be somebody listening to this programme right now, and maybe they feel that no one loves them, maybe they feel alone. And Jesus, right now, through his Sacred Heart, is saying to them, I love you with an intense love that you can't fully understand. And Jesus is saying, you are special. You're special to me. I am interested in every little detail of your life. And I have a plan just for you. That's, you know, if people are willing to open their hearts. Um, Jesus is saying, open your heart and receive the love that I am pouring out onto you. Do you know, that's a beautiful message there, um, Ed, that you, that you just shared with us, because I say quite a few people mightn't understand that as fully as maybe we could or we should, you know, that, that we've all been brought up of my own vintage anyway, with the picture of the sacred heart in there, in the house, but maybe not quite understood mm -hmm. this message of intense love. 
That's right. Uh, you know, I can verify that myself, John, from my own life. I mean, I was brought up a practicing Catholic, but really, I would say for quite a long time, I well, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I knew about the Sacred Heart. I knew I was familiar with the picture of the Sacred Heart because it was in my granny's house. It was in my own house when I was growing up. We were given one as a present when we got married over 30 years ago, but it didn't really mean anything to me. And it was only when I found my own faith, when I developed my own relationship with the Lord, that really this um, whole image of the Sacred Heart and the profound love that Jesus has for each and every one of us. We are so special to him. You know, he he knew us before we were even conceived. He knew us before we set foot on this earth and he loves us so intensely, mm-hmm. you know, and we just have to turn to him to receive this love. We don't have to do anything. We just have to accept it, you know, mm-hmm. open our hearts and in knowing the love of Jesus, then I don't think that you can remain, uh, what would I say, uh, you can't remain emotionless. You have to go forward and you want to spread that devotion. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. spread that love yeah. to others. To say that one of, the, um, one of the longest journeys, John, that you can make is from your head to your heart. Because most people mm-hmm. live in their head. Mm-hmm. We're always analyzing things. We're always trying to work things out. And we forget that maybe the, the core of everything, mm-hmm. the core of love comes from the heart. That, you know, we forget ourselves. We need to forget ourselves, reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sacred heart is pouring out love. He wants us just simply to open our hearts mm-hmm. and receive it. And once we receive it, sure, we can pass it on to other people as well. You often see people who are full of joy with the Lord. They have received that love, and what they want to do is spread it out mm-hmm. to everybody that they meet. You don't want mm-hmm. to keep it to yourself. It's like, you know, there's no point in filling your tank um, of car, mm-hmm. yeah. no mm-hmm. point in fill, filling your petrol tank and not moving your car. Right. So the Lord is pouring out His love into us, and He wants us to spread it out to everybody, spread the devotion to the Sacred Heart, and with joy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, was trying to do, and maybe at the start it wasn't so easy for you. She, she met a little bit of opposition, did you? Well, she did indeed. Well, she had, as I said to you earlier on, John, she had quite a lot of difficulties in her life, even in her very early childhood. As I said, her father died. She lived with her aunts, who Mm. were not always very kind to her. Mm. Her own mother, who was uh, fine with her, but her own mother didn't want her to enter the convent, but she knew that that's where the Lord wanted her to go. So she had opposition from the very start. Then when she was in the convent, her life wasn't so easy either. Uh, Her own community... Uh, were very suspicious about uh, her visions, didn't fully accept that they were true. And it was only when Claude de la Colombière came uh, on the scene and he authenticated the visions, he believed her that he was a, a support to her. 
Uh, and um, uh, uh, after she died, then, um, or, or maybe before she was died, uh, were, were these made public and 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 devotion continued? Well, yes. After Saint Claude uh, authenticated the visions, then there was a feast day created uh, to the Sacred Heart, and the devotion then, through the help of the Jesuit order, then began to spread um, worldwide. And I think that in itself is an amazing testimony to the power of of the Lord. You know, when God wants something to happen, mm. it happens in spite of any difficulties that Margaret Mary or anyone else would have. You think of today all the technology that we've that we have at our disposal, which is wonderful. And yet, no, back in 1670s, they didn't have the internet, they didn't mm. have WhatsApp, they didn't have phones, mm. and yet no, yeah. the devotion. Um, spread, spread yeah. you know, it became barrel, as they say nowadays. It spread to every corner of the earth. As I said before, we had a picture in, in my own house growing up. My granny had a picture. Um, and I didn't know myself until we purchased uh, a secondary home in France, not too far from Pyle I didn't even know that that is where Margaret Mary received, received her visions. And in mm-hmm. fact, most uh, French people, it's amazing, that uh, Paris-Limonial is they're a beautiful little town nestled in the heart of France. Most French people, even practicing Catholics, wouldn't know that that's where Margaret Mary received, secret. <laughs> received her, her apparitions, received her revelations from the Sacred Heart. As Ed says there, it's France's best kept secret. Yeah. And isn't it beautiful too that, I mean, after Ed sharing there about the absolute love of Jesus for all of us, that that the feast day is celebrated on the Friday after Corpus Christi, after the the feast of Him giving Himself to us, to us, and the Friday afterwards we got this wonderful feast of the Sacred Heart. You know, John, um, Jesus gave a few promises about those okay, who yeah. spread devotion to the Sacred Heart. And one of the things about God is that he, he never breaks his promise. Um, for those who honour the sacred heart, spread devotion to it, he is given, he actually gave 12 promises, but uh, I won't go through them. I'll just give you a few examples of some of the promises that Jesus made for those who treasure and honour his sacred heart. Um, he will bless every place which has an image of a sacred heart. And I remember um, years and years and years ago, no matter which house, Catholic house you went into, uh, there was always an image of the sacred heart. And Jesus has promised that he will bless every home which has an image of the sacred heart. Um, And praying to the sacred heart will bring peace and unity to your home. Um, Sinners and of course we're all sinners, will find in Jesus' heart a source of infinite mercy. And we can really trust in him. Uh, and those who promote devotion to the sacred heart, and I think this is lovely, they will have their names actually written on his heart. And his heart will be a safe refuge in the last moments of life. These are wonderful promises mm-hmm coming from God, promises that will not be broken. We just have to open ourselves up to that devotion to the Sacred Heart. 
Thanks for that, Ed. Maybe just before we close off this section, is there any one thing you'd each like to just remind us of in this moment of the Sacred Heart Devotion? Well, I suppose I would say I think back to my own story and I was in my 30s before I developed any kind of relationship with the Sacred Heart. And if you're listening to this interview and you are a bit dubious, um, maybe you're wondering, you know, about the whole devotion of the Sacred Heart, you're wondering whether God exists, I would say to you uh, just one thing, and that is open your heart. You know, if you want to develop a relationship with the Lord, if you want to tap into that love that he has for you, you know, just ask him. Just open your heart and ask him to show you that love, and I am sure he will. And I agree with Fiona. The heart is the heart of love. Love comes from the heart. And we need to spread that, especially in these days when there's so much disrespect for other people. There's so much violence. There's so much going on in the world and lacking in love that we just need to trust in the sacred heart. Ask him to make our hearts like his. Reach out to others. Let us pour the love that we receive from the sacred heart. Let us pour that love to everybody that we meet. What a beautiful thought to take with us for the rest of the week. Ed and Fiona, thanks a lot for, for taking time out for, to prepare and to really deliver that beautiful message all about love for us. Just before we leave this part of the programme, I know you're going to stay with us for the gospel. Um, there is a beautiful piece of music you've chosen by Mark Forrest. It's entitled You Are Mine. And That's puts, right, John, yes. It, 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 it's a special message too, isn't it? You Are Mine. It is, especially the bit where it says, you know, I love you and you are mine. Yeah. So again, that's yeah, talking about going back to love again. Uh-huh. I love the message you. of the Sacred Heart. Perfect. So let's listen to Mark Farris singing "You Are Mine." Come back and join us again in part three, where we'll read and reflect on today's gospel. A voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I will come to you in the silence. I will lift you from all your fears. You will hear my voice. I claim you as my choice.
the shadows of the night I will be your light Come and rest in me Do not be afraid For I am with you It is I who have called you each By name I have called you each by name. 